Bill Barnes, welcome to the podcast. Greetings and salutations to all. <laughs> we are uh, after some much deliberation and some hard work. Uh, I think we're we're good to go. We figured out how to connect to a guest who is not in the same room as us. We got a lot to talk about. Not much. <laughs> this is very true. Just make sure your uh, your your phone is. How's the connection on your end? Everything good? You are loud and clear, as as oh. our beloved governor says. Perfect. <laughs> Not so sure about perfect these days, but uh, guys, welcome to a bonus episode with me, my dear friend, Mr. Bill Barnes. Uh, I've known Bill a long time now, over 10 years, and uh, I'll let him uh, talk about his background a little bit, but I know him as a, as a college baseball umpire. He's a former police officer with the Riverside Police Department. And uh, Bill, Bill, what's going on these days? Oh, not a whole lot. You know, we're, we're going to a lot of ball games. We're going out. We're getting a lot of exercise, you know, going to the gym, uh, mixing, you know, doing a lot of socialization. Um, you know, go hit, hit the bars every once in a while. I just got back from the gin mill about 10 minutes ago. Don't we, don't we wish, right? <laughs> that is what we wish. Yes, and, and if you haven't noticed, Bill has a Bill's a very sarcastic individual. Uh, either that, or he is one of the heavy carriers of the virus and doesn't know it. He's just passing it along, doing the Lord's work. In, in all seriousness, which I have very little of, uh, yes, I'm very sarcastic, and uh, I am not a carrier as of yet. I've probably carried a lot of other viruses in my life, but. This is not one that I've acquired. Um, all the other ones have been easily rectified with some type of either penicillin or uh, any type of um, over-the-counter medication that'll make it go away. So um, if anybody's interested in that little bit of tidbit, there you go. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> it's very, very different, uh, uh, very different conversation than it was a few days ago. Uh, but it's always a, it's a treat to talk with Bill over the phone or in person. And it's a, it's a big treat to work with him on the baseball field. Bill, what, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background as a police officer and also as a baseball umpire? Okay, let's, let's go. Let's turn the clock back. I know I sound like I'm a young, vibrant, uh, young stud, but I'm really not. I started in the business in 1982 with the Riverside County Marshal's office. In fact, I go, I go so far back that the marshal's office doesn't even exist anymore. It's like, uh, you know, the REA Express, people delivering mail on horses. It just doesn't happen anymore. That's how far I go back. Um, I was a court assistant for a year and a half. Um, <clears throat> the Upland, city of Upland, the city of Gracious Living, was desperate enough to hire me in 1983. They put me through the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Academy, where um, the Peter Principal again, took place where I was elected class president. And, um, you know, that's when my leadership capabilities kicked in, in that year. Um, went, went to the Upland Police Department. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version here. So I don't put the, your, your 12 viewers to sleep. <laughs> Please um, don't. <laughs> I, uh, lateraled from there to Riverside city, city of Riverside, where I was born and raised, grew up, uh, went to John W. North high school, go Huskies. Um, I guess their season's over, but anyway, um, uh, it went there, graduated in 1977. I know I'm skipping around, but anyway, 
went out of the Riverside Police Department, rose to the ranks, went all the way to, to detective, where I um, uh, honorably retired in the year 2009 on my 50th birthday. My e-ticket my, my e card was punched. I was done, ready to move on to other things, which at that point in time in my life, I took over and uh, took, took uh, umpiring collegiate baseball uh, full time. And this, well, the reason I'm kind of going stir crazy and I sound like a complete lunatic madman is because this is the first time in my life that I can remember going back to my youth that during the spring time, I wasn't either playing baseball, um, engaged in some type of um, uh, police work or umpiring. So April 1st, I know it's April Fool's Day and, you know, we can have a, a whole litany of things on that but it, it is april 1st and i am not used to living like this and it's um as, like i say as far back as i can remember it's this is quite bizarre it's uncharted waters i know i'm preaching to the choir about this but it's quite different and there's a whole lot of good that's coming out of this believe it or not there is good there is good because believe it or not the world is looking at us like saying you know those lazy those lazy americans can put down their beer they can get together. They can they can defecate a um, a uh, breathing machine in a matter of seconds to distribute to all the states that are in need of them. And you know you've got grandmothers in their basement, eighty years old, that are sewing uh, hospital gowns and masks for those that need it. And um, you know there's good there. We're coming together as a country, I do believe. Where in the past we've been fragmented. In fact, who would have I would have never thought in my lifetime that Gavin Newsom would publicly thank President Donald Trump for his leadership and uh, advancement of a hospital ship that went to California. I mean, that completely just shocked and amazed me. Now, I know that probably must kill Newsom to say that on the inside, but he did it. He said it. So, you know, bully for him. I'll take a breath, Matt. What do you got? Yeah, it's only been about 90 seconds or so. Get yourself a, a sip of water, but you've never been one to uh, to, to not have a, a word in front of you. But uh, yeah, I think uh, this is a time I hope that everyone could put politics aside and just really try to move forward with with, uh, well, with living. Well, let's and not, let's not get carried away. We've still, got, we've still got a moron or two in California, the lady up in the, the aunt of Governor Newsom. <laughs> you know, she's still being an idiot. And, um, you know, we still have, um, you know, we still have some, some stragglers that haven't really, you know, um, jumped on the uh, winning team. But when they do, it'll be great. But I doubt if they will. I doubt if they will. Um, you know, you've got uh, this governor in Florida who's a, who's a Republican who finally, finally uh, saw the light and put a uh, shelter-in-place order in his state, which is about three weeks to, to – uh, <clears throat> too late in my opinion because you had all these um these all these spoiled rich kids going down to florida and you know jumping in a pile on the on the sand and passing it around to god knows where they're taking it home to ohio and 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 new jersey and connecticut and passing it on to their parents and their grandparents and that's who pays the that's who pays the price on this thing healthy guys like us matt we get it we'll be fine we're gonna we'll be a couple of days uh laid up but so what it's the older folks. It's the folks that, and, and I'm preaching. I know everybody knows this, but I wish these self-centered little bastards would just stay home, stay in. You know what? You know, a year ago, 
you were frowned upon laying on your couch watching TV. Now you're the perfect, perfect uh, citizen for doing it. Let's take advantage Model of it. Model citizen, yeah. Yeah, Let's absolutely. Let's take advantage of it. I think, you know, when this all started, you were skeptical like a lot of people. And you didn't want to stay home and you probably don't want to stay home now. But what has it been like staying home for the most part outside of going to the store and stuff like that? Like, what's your typical day been? Are you losing your mind? Well, you said you're, you're kind of going stir crazy, but what are you doing to kind of combat uh, boredom? Well, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is, is there's not much I can do, really. You know, I, I don't have any expertise in this field. I wish I had a sewing machine or I wish I had a, some type of tubing. I wish I could help out. I wish I could make some, uh, some, some, some breathing machines and whatnot, but I can't. You know, I'm just a dumb ex-cop who you know, knows how to talk to people and, and, and whatnot. So with that, with that being said, I'm watching the news and I'm seeing where this thing's going. I want to stay on top of it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of building my own uh, decisions on, on what's, what's bullshit and what's not. And I think a lot of it at, the, at first, I really was convinced that Donald Trump thought that this was some hoax, just like he thought, you know, but, the, but you, to, you can't blame him because they've thrown every hoax in the world at him. And that's for another day in time, as far as the Russia thing, as far as impeachment, which obviously went nowhere. Okay. Now, do I think he's doing a great job of leading us through this? Yes. He's all we got. We have to. He, he's, he's got the experts up there, you know, and I know I have my skeptics. I know I've got these, these folks that believe that, that he's dropping the ball. Well, here's the bottom line. You're on the beach and there's a tidal wave, you know, and there's 200 people there and you need, and you, and you've only got 50 life preservers. Well, you can't shit them. Okay. Where do you get them? You do the best you can. You call around, you get some. Now, have we ever been prepared for, for this? No, we haven't been tested like this since I think 1917 when it was the Spanish flu. And, you know, I had a grandfather that lived through that. He lived through that and he lived through the depression. He told me stories that were absolutely horrible as far as living through that and the depression. And I think with, maybe we're, we're doing them at the same time. You know, we've got a really bad virus that's, that's hitting the country. We've got people standing in food lines in their, you know, 2018 uh, Ford Explorers, by the way. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, um, you know, I, I just don't I don't know what to think on this. It's a whole different time. Like I say, it's uncharted water. It's unprecedented. And, and you know, there will be a day that the sun comes out and we'll all be able to go jump in a pile and have fun. And we'll tell our kids and grant. Well, I'm already telling my kid, but I'll be able to tell my granddaughter when she's older. She won't remember now, but I'll be able to tell her that, you know, we lived through this and our country became stronger. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's going to be real easy to explain. It's going to, there won't be much to say. Yeah. It was a really boring time. We sat at home. We went to the store. We, we watched movies over and over. We, we, we created random podcasts. We became random podcast guests uh, for, for 13 listeners out there. We we've done all kinds of, I mean, yeah, you, you, if I know you at all, you got a, you have a morning, uh, bathrobe and an evening bathrobe if 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 i can picture well, you in your you know, home I'll, at all I'll tell you, i've got i've got two bathrobes i've got i've got a white one for the evening i've got a beige one during the day i take probably one shower a day and when and, and that's another thing these people went nuts with toilet paper okay and water drink out of your friggin tap okay yeah i'm 60 years old i drink out of hoses and taps my whole life and i'm still living i'm breathing and i'm up here you know 
pontificating and making an ass out of myself right now. I'm, I live, okay? I'm living proof that you live drinking tap water. And the other thing is, people, arrange your defecation period around your shower, okay? If you're short on toilet paper, you don't need to go hoard it. Oh, Take boy. a freaking shower, people. They've got the removable nozzles now. You can get up in there and effectively take care of the problem without hoarding toilet paper. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How did we get to this point, Bill? Jesus. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd go down that type of road one, <laughs> at one well, point. It's only, it's, only, it's only self-cleanliness and common sense, for Christ's sake. But, yeah, mean, but it's you not know, difficult. Unfortunately, it's brought to light a lot of people who don't. It should be common sense to wash your hands. Wash your hands a lot, maybe not twenty times a day, but it just you. you sh- we should be a lot cleaner. We should be. We should clean our cars. We should clean our kitchens and and, and our bathrooms. Th- those should be areas that are clean. I, and I have a, I have a maid who comes once a month, does my hard cleaning. She usually comes in the middle of the month. She came today on the first. I paid her extra. Her, she brought her daughter. She was supposed to bring her son, but. Who knows what he's doing? She brought her daughter. Her daughter, I paid her $50 to pull weeds on my patio. Not because I'm too lazy to go out and do it. It's because I wanted to give this family a little bit of extra money. They do a great job. They're underappreciated. And I, I pretty much took care of them as best I could today. And, and I got home just a few minutes ago. And the place, I mean, you can eat off the floor. They did a wonderful job. Okay. And it's deep cleaned. And, you know, it, it's wonderful. It's win-win. And I, and I really appreciate their help. And, and, and now, so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, give back to them because I know they're struggling. Well, you are the good, uh, you are the good giving patron saint. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that to get, you know, a pat on the back or anything else. I'm just saying that hopefully somebody listens, one of your three guests or three listeners <laughs> hears this and, and they pay it forward. Okay. Because seriously, without them, with, I mean, I've never, I've, you know, my ex-wife is a nurse. So I've never really held them in high regard, in high, high regards, off duty, obviously, but on duty, they're doing, they're doing a stellar job. The doctors, the nurses, you know, I'm a former cop. So I, I give them, obviously, you know, they're my brothers and sisters and I give them all the credence in the world for, for, for jumping in, in, in the middle of it and doing what they do. Firemen, all the first, all the ones that can't say no, they can't say no. Somebody comes to my door, I can shut the door and, and tell them, you know, Social distancing, I don't want to talk to you. They can't. They have to do the job. And Absolutely. For that, I, yeah. for that I, I salute every damn one of them. And if I forgot any type of the a service that, that's out there, I, I apologize. Pharmacists, no, grocery I, store workers, the checkers. I mean, my God, how many people come in a line and, and buy their, their, their 27 rolls of toilet paper and talk to these, these checkers, these, these clerks in the store? You know, they're doing, they're, they're out there on the front line. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I think people have been called to action and maybe their jobs didn't feel important before they, that they are now. And this whole essential, what is essential has been kind of a running joke. I, I joked on it with a few friends, what's essential versus non-essential. It's really made us get an understanding for what we, what we do need, what we don't need. Uh, a lot of it is just entertainment and, and background noise right. of these unessential things such as sports and, and other things. I mean, I, I, I drove on the freeway today at five o'clock in the afternoon, four 30 in the afternoon it was absolutely delightful. Okay. I, I, you know, 
I mean, the things, I mean, traffic because of this, I mean, this should be a model for when the Olympics come to Los Angeles, put everybody in lockdown and you won't have any traffic. Only <laughs> people going to the, to the Olympic venues can leave their home. That's not a bad idea. Not um, a bad, I mean, I mean, Los Angeles and California, Southern California, it's just, yeah. it's so horrible getting on the roads and, right. and it's, 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 you stay, you stay home because of that. And now people are forced to stay home and you want to get out on the road just for a right. peace of mind. So it's right. kind of backwards. Absolutely. It's that, weird. That's your, that's your, that's your little, uh, uh, reward of the day is going out for a drive. Who would think a month ago that going out <laughs> for a drive would be your reward of the day? That would be your absolute nightmare of the day is getting in your fucking car and driving somewhere. Now it's it's like you know you're back in the in the in the Model A days. You get in the car and you go for a Sunday drive any day of the week. It's fantastic. We're paying <laughs> the price for it, unfortunately, and I'd rather have it the other way. But you know what? It is what it is. I didn't get a chance to to warn uh, the handful of listeners that this would definitely be a little more colorful conversation with our guest, Mr. Bill Barnes. There'll be a little more colorful language, but well, that's all right. That's life, man. This is life. This we is life. In, I, we don't live in a PG or G rated life, man. No, you know, we're the in the trenches. Can, if the president can swear and he's our leader, then then. The little knucklehead in Rancho Cucamonga, California, Bill Barnes can throw an F-bomb every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't see a problem with that. No, no. It's, uh, no we, we, we are offended pretty easily by, by almost everything these days. And, well, and, and that's I'm the not... problem. That's, that's the pussification of this country. And you know what? We're making a little comeback now. We're starting to bring it back together. And it's at a real bad expense. Because as, as, as much of an asshole as I sound... I, I'm really, really, for every person that's sick, for every person that's unfortunately lost their life, that's unfortunate. And you know what? It, it, it didn't have to happen. And um, we're doing the best we can to fight this. And I, I, I personally don't know anyone that has this. I'm sure I will when it's all said and done. And, uh, but I know they're out there. I know it's not some, you know, some, some one-hour TV show. It's, it's, it's in, our, in our governor's, you know, when he likes to use this real time thing, it's in real time. All right. It's happening and it's getting worse and it will get worse for the next two or three weeks. So we just need to strap in, buckle up and, 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 you know, have an allergic reaction to people and don't go near them. Yeah. It, you know what it for me, it hasn't been the, the worst thing. And I've, I've mentioned that, you know, sometimes we need a break from uh, everyday life and, and, and people. But I think when you're, when you're forced to do something, that's where people have an issue or, or, you know, if, if it's on your own terms, but unfortunately that's where we're at. Um, Bill, I'd like to transition, talk about just a, a different subject for a second. Um, tell me about your, your baseball umpiring career, because I know that last year was kind of an ending for you. At least you, you, you talked about retiring and you were going to be 60 years old and then 2020 rolled around and uh, first pitch on week one, you're back out there on the field. So what kind of brought you back and, and what, what kind of was fueling you to continue umpiring? Well, I'll be real honest with you. Last year at, at this time, I was, you know, I mean, I, I was, I felt like, you know what, this is a young man's game. There's a lot of good, good, young quality umpires out there like yourself, like, uh, your housemate, Mr. Mike Jarbo, like a lot of, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on with the, with the quality of people out there that are working. And, you know, 
was I, could I still work? Yes. But I felt like, you know what, Bill, don't be a hanger on her. Go out two or three years too early before you go out two, two or three years too late. And I made that decision. And I had a nice little uh, going away reception at the Air Force Academy the last weekend of last year. They gave me a nice little, they, they had an F-18 flyover. No, I'm kidding. They didn't. <laughs> they had a nice little, um, um, the, the PA announcer said some nice things about me. And I was uh, deeply uh, <clears throat> thankful for them. It was a great place to finish. I mean, I got there on a Thursday. It was 85 degrees. And the Saturday game that was the last game of the season, it snowed. So I had a whole plethora of different weather and it was a great way to end, you know, uh, and it was, it was good. And I was done. I was, I had made my mind up. That's it. I'm done. I gave away half my equipment, but I got a phone call about two weeks later from one of the bosses, uh, Tom Heiler, who I have uh, a, a lot of respect for. And he basically told me that, Hey, you got a lot of game left in you. If I, if he goes, and, and Tom, Tom, if anything, he's very brutally honest. And if he thought that it was time for me to go, he'd have agreed with me and sent me a nice card and, and said, see, see, you know, go on down the road. However, he basically talked me into staying and some other guys did. And <clears throat> I said, you know what, what the heck, if I'm, if, 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 uh, if they want me back, then I'll do it, you know, because what else was I going to do? To be honest with you, you know, absolutely. Hey, and if Michael Jordan, Brett Favre, uh, they come out of retirement—not to say you're the, you're those guys—but uh, you know what? Why 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 not you? Even as shortest retirement ever, but uh, you know, Bill, there's nothing to be said. You can't replace experience. So we talk about young guys; it being a young man's game, but experience matters a lot. It really is beneficial, especially to young guys. It, it really does. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm the last guy to pat my own self on the back because I just, that's just not me. Um, but I've never, ever been in a situation where I've never been able to talk my way out of something, whether it was when I was a cop or on, on, on the baseball field. And that is my strong point. And I feel that um, if you can kill them with kindness and put out a fire without throwing water on it, you know, you, you, you might be able to get somewhere. You know, have I missed pitches? Absolutely. Have I missed plays on the bases? Absolutely. God, yes. Um, we've all done it. And, and whoever says they haven't is full of shit. Okay. We all have. And um, so that's just it. I mean, you keep your, you got to keep yourself focused. It used to be for two and a half hours. Now it's three and a half hours. So you got to, <laughs> you got to stay focused. You got, you can't take pitches off. You can't take plays off. You got to stay focused. And um, you have to, kill people with kindness now it's a kinder gentler game um <clears throat> you know the the old the old style of, of of uh screaming and yelling and burning down a dugout well those days are over and that was hard for me because you know i like to burn down dugouts every once in a while you know it, it makes you feel good but mm-hmm. you just can't do that anymore it's frowned upon in this in, in the establishment um in these uh you know these years so it is what it is you just go out and have a good time and do the best you can and come back and get them the next day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that said, there is definitely a time and a place where you don't have many options <laughs> uh, on a baseball field, not necessarily your other line of work, but uh, maybe maybe they're the same. But there are times, once or twice a season, where you have to lose your mind. You have to uh, burn a dugout down. 
and it needs to be the exception, probably not not the not the rule like you're talking about. Right, and and you know, in in the college game, I really don't think you could do that at all. However, I, I remember back in 2017 when uh, yours truly, yourself, and your housemate, we all worked together out in the uh, Midwest, and we burned we burned one or two dugouts down, and <laughs> it it was like you said, it was great, and you let them know you're letting people know, hey. You know what? This guy's a tad bit off, and if you if you you know if you go in and you you try to smother him, he's going to come out fighting, and some people are going to get you know thrown out, and it's going to be very very ugly. And that's what we did, and that's how you kind of garner some respect at that level. Um, so with that said, um, that was a very fun summer that we spent together, and we had had a good time, and we were able to umpire uh, the weights, in my opinion kind of old school and, and had fun with it. And, you know, and, and, and God bless them. The managers in that league were all good. And if you had a flat tire in the parking lot, they'd be the first ones to stop and help you help you fix it. And they'd come back and scream and yell and throw bats at you the next day. And then you were done. And that's the way it should be. We had a couple good, uh, good, t- good events in that, in that summer. We had, uh, it was definitely fun for you and, and fun for us to all be working together and I mean, we had a bench clearing. We ha- we had that that uh, eclipse game. Remember the you eclipse game? I, you know, I, I am the answer. I tell these, I tell women in a bar when I when I meet them. I said, you know, I said, other than my charming good looks and my my my, my <laughs> demeanor way about me, I said, you know, I'm the answer to a trivia question. They go, really, what? And I said, you know, there was only one baseball game ever played in the United States during a total solar eclipse, and I was the plate umpire in that game. I go, that, that was a Jeopardy question. They go, really? And they buy in. And, you know, when you, when they, when you, when you talk to a woman and, and they'll believe that you're home free, <laughs> you are home free. Well, Bill, I don't know how many people could pull that, pull it off though. I think, I think you can with that. Uh... Uh, you know, so anyway, I, I tell them that. And usually that's, you know, usually they're, 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 you know, wanting to marry you that, that night. So, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And you just, you know, you have fun with it. You have fun with it. Yes, we did. We had a, we had the, and they had to stop the game for what, 20 minutes? So 20 minute uh, eclipse delay. Yeah. Yeah. So they can enjoy the, um, the, uh, the full uh, lunar uh, solar eclipse, which was fun. That was a great, great, that was a great day in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I think it was a 99% um, coverage on the, uh, the, the moon over the sun, as I recall. Yeah. Yeah. It just so happened to be uh, right in line with it. So that was, that was neat. And, and definitely something that I will always remember uh, taking part in. It was, it was, it was really fun. You know, when you Wikipedia my name, that's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> Bill Barnes. Oh my, that is great. Uh, Bill, what is the, you've, you, you kind of touched this a little bit. What's the, what are some similarities between law enforcement and umpiring? Because I know a lot of guys have done both. Yeah, basically, I'll tell you, it, it's, it, yes, a lot of guys, a lot of great umpires were, are cops and a lot of, of great cops are umpires. I mean, it goes hand in hand. You're, you know, you're, you're enforcing laws either on the street or on, on the baseball field in between the lines. And like I say, um, and I don't mean to, um, you know, talk bad about um, – about uh, monkeys or anything, but you can train a monkey to go call balls and strikes. You can, you can get a computer to call balls and strikes as they're doing. However, you cannot, you cannot train them to diffuse 
an angry manager or an angry player and have the Midas touch to say, hey, I feel your pain, but you know what? It's just the way it is, man. You're going to have to come, come, you know, you're going to have to let this, let this go, flush it, come back, go get them next time, you know, or basically, you know, be able to diffuse two benches that are ready to, to go off on each other. You know, it's, it's usually three or four guys against what, 50? Your numbers aren't That's very it. good, you know. So, you know, we used to have a saying, one riot, one deputy. If you're that one deputy that can quell a riot, you can certainly quell, you know, 25 angry uh, uh, young baseball players. So <laughs> if you can have that gift of gab, you can be able to go out and, and sell ice to an Eskimo, then you're going to be able to umpire at a high level and do a great job. Because the ball strike safes out, spare fouls, balk every once in a while, obstruction, interference, that will come with experience. Stay in it. What, 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 will, what will keep you in the game is being able to communicate effectively to everyone. Everyone, your partners, other umpires, the, 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 the scorekeepers, the, the, the attendant in your locker room. You treat, you, that's probably the guy you want to treat the best. Oh, of course. Yeah. You, take we'll, your, we'll take any friends we can get out there. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, if you, you know, your partners are your partners. That Even if you don't like the guy, even if you're working on, on a field with three guys that you despise for that nine innings or however long it takes, they're your best friends in the world because they're all you have. What are two or three or a handful of your favorite umpires or umpire mentors? Um, well, what comes to mind would probably be the late, great Mike Gilmore. Mike was a... Uh, a Pac-12 umpire back in the day. He um, lived hard, partied hard, and, you know, died. He left us way too soon, about 11, 12 years ago. Um, he was a great umpire. Everybody respected him. He got his calls right, had a great strike zone, never lost his – he lost his mind a few times. But like I say, there was a, re, a, a rhyme and reason for it. But just a great, great guy. You could ask him anything, and he'd be honest with you. A lot of guys, you ask them after again, hey, how'd I do? And they go, oh, you were great. You were great. And, you, and, in, and in, in, in total honesty, you were probably horseshit. They just don't want to get into it with you. They don't want to be honest with you. Mike would be honest with you. Um, he comes to mind. Um, I've been, I was lucky enough a few years ago to meet a guy who was a chauffeur for a lot of the big league umpires in Anaheim and L.A., Name's Jay Barker. He passed away in 2013. He introduced me to a lot of guys because I did some security work in Angel Stadium, and I used to introduce myself to the umpires when they'd come up in the elevator. And when they found out I was a cop and I had a gun, they would invite me to drink with them. So I'd go have drinks with them. And they would show me – they would diagram plays on napkins and tell me, hey, go here, go there. A shortcut would be here. I learned a lot just from keeping my mouth shut, which is hard to believe, and keeping my ears open. <laughs> And you know what? It was a great experience listening to those guys. And a lot of those guys, as you well know, Matt, I still talk to to this day. Um, they're, they're, I consider them friends. I talk to them. And um, <clears throat> I'm very discreet, though. When they're in, their, when they're in a group of, of big league umpires, the last thing you want to do is go to their table and talk college stories. You just want to keep your mouth shut, your ears open, and let them talk. And, if you're, and when you're one-on-one with one of them, a guy you trust, a guy you like that likes you, then you ask them questions. I think, I think that's a, that's a very important lesson and that can, you can put that into any, any context. I mean, as a police officer, if you're a detective or, or been in for 25 years or so, 
you want to don't, you don't necessarily hear about a routine no, stop of no, a first year. No, the first three, the first, first the year, first two years of my career, the first two three years of my career, I sat in the front row and briefing, and I didn't say a word. And I got paper airplanes thrown at my head, and I got if I took a a, a keys to a nice car, and it was a, a senior guy in the back row that wanted it. Guess what? I'm not only giving him the keys, but I'm cleaning and washing his car before he takes it out on the, in the field that night. So you learned your place. You learned that seniority meant something. You learned that you, you respected older you know, guys that had been on a while and you learned from them. And then in 15, 20 years, you were that guy. You were the one throwing paper airplanes at the young kid in the front row. And you know, <laughs> it was a rite of passage thing. And, and that's just the way it was. It's not that way anymore. Trust me. It's not that way. <laughs> things change sometimes. Things, not, things, uh, things, not always for the best. Things do change. What, uh, what was your first, what's your memory of your first baseball game you worked? My first baseball game I worked, I was a junior in high school. Um, it was a Friday night and it was a, it was a, a little league field called Patterson park in Riverside. Patterson Park was in a very, very bad, bad gang-infested area. Not at that time, but, it, but later on in life it was. At that point in time, 1976, it wasn't too bad. A guy asked me to go work the bases for him in a game. Um, I didn't have to put on a uniform. I just had to go out or safe on a Little League field. I figured, how, how, you know, I played baseball. How hard can that be? Well, I did, and I, I enjoyed it. You know, my first game, I went out. And I had no clue where to go or what to do, but you know, I got my calls right and went home that night in one piece and nobody said anything to me. And I thought, Hey, this is kind of fun. And, um, I, you know, m- when my career ended after high school, a little bit of college, I, I got back into it and enjoyed it and really took a, a liking to it. I wanted to stay on the field. I wanted to be part of the game because I love baseball and that was a way to do it. And I had a, a working knowledge of the game a little bit of, of um, you know, instincts about, you know, where's the secondary throw going to be, be in position for that second throw or that third throw if it's not at your base, you know, stuff like that. And that stuff is very, very hard to learn unless you played the game. Oh, yeah. No, I, there's no doubt about that. I think when you go to umpire school, they don't mind necessarily people who have no umpiring experience. But if you've never seen a baseball game or set foot on a baseball field, that that could be uh, that could be difficult because if you don't understand, I mean, which way the, which way they run the bases or anything like that, yeah, we could we could have some issues. Yes, we could have some major issues, but luckily that that <laughs> has not you know that didn't happen. So, well, we talked a little bit about the past, uh, a little bit about your your present situation. What do you foresee in the, the next month or so or any plans for the summer? Should we get back to normal here? Any Anything planned for the future? You know, if, if, if I had a good answer to that, I certainly wouldn't be standing in my kitchen talking to you. I would be up on the president's panel every afternoon. But so <laughs> my, edu- my uneducated guess is that we're going to be uh, hunkered down for probably at least through April probably a little bit of May. And as the weather gets warmer, hopefully this thing's going to, like they said, the the curve is going to flatten, you know, and, you know, it's going to be appropriate to go back outdoors and maybe start, you know, mixing in some socialization and and getting back to the way, you know, things were, you know, hopefully. What are you most looking forward to? (sighs) To be honest, I'm most looking forward to seeing, 
people being able to work, people being able to, to travel freely and, and, and being able to just have that freedom that we enjoy as Americans leaving our home. And if we want to go and, 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 you know, and, and get a beer at, at closing time at your local gin mill, you can do that. Of course, you know, you, you, you have a designated driver or you're taking Lyft or, or Uber or something, of course, but you know, just have that freedom to go and, 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 and do things. I mean, nothing's open now, you know, I mean, if, I mean, you know, a big, a, a big uh, hot and heavy night is, is taking a walk around the block and watching Netflix and, and, and going to sleep. I mean, if, if you can think of something else to do, I'm all ears. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people are. And, and it, uh, social media can be a little addictive. And some people have, uh, not you, of course, oh, no, but I'm, some I'm people have I'm the worst. If you, got a little extreme with it. Book, uh, uh, profile and my pages, I, I'm, I'm out of control because I got nothing else to do. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just out of control. I mean, you know, my thumbs are, are, are going crazy. And I wish, you know, that I could, I, I could be more self-disciplined and maybe, you know, work out a little more around the house. You know, my garage is clean. My, my, my shelves are clean. My, my, I've cleaned out my closets. I've done everything conceivable in this house that I can do. And I have nothing left. You know, maybe I'll go knock them. You know, if we didn't have the social distancing, I'd go knock on my neighbor's door and offer to clean their shit. But, you know, I can't do it. Yeah. Sounds like you got some jobs lined up maybe for, for getting yeah, back to work. So, um, I'm, I'm really, I mean, no one knows. I mean, who knows? This thing could, could could blow up or it could just peter out. You know, I'm hoping it does. I hope I hope all the experts are wrong that this is not going to be as bad as they say, and that we're over um, we're overthinking this and we're going way too far with with uh, building hospitals and parking lots and 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 bringing in hospital ships. I mean, God forbid we're one earthquake, one fire, or one terrorist act away from complete and utter anarchy. If you think about it. Yeah, it's, it's a, a scary thought. And I, you know, I mean, if that 6.5 earthquake or 5.7 or whatever the hell it was in Boise, Idaho, was in uh, downtown Los Angeles, you know, it, it could be a whole different story. Yeah, we, uh, I don't know if you did or not. I spoke to our, our buddy Joe Stegner up there and he said all was well from uh, the, from the earthquake. So no no damage uh, in his world, although some other people maybe weren't right. so lucky. Well, that's great. I, I didn't see any, any devastating news coming out of there. So I figured all's well up in the, uh, in the, in the beautiful state of Idaho. And um, so, you know, I have a lot of retired friends up there, both in there and, and Spokane area, Coeur d'Alene. And I've talked to a few of them and they said it was just like old home week, you know, being in Southern California, rocking and rolling didn't phase them a bit. <laughs> Well, everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. We're listening. We're, we're, we're staying home. I mean, this, this has got to start working eventually or, uh, or who knows what direction we're going to head, but well, uh, to put it all in one big big bag here, one big, nice little package. We are doing what we're supposed to do. We're doing the best we can. We have, I'm not a big Gavin Newsom fan. I'm not a uh, uh, Eric Garcetti fan, but you know what? I got to give it to them. They're trying. They are coming out. You know, Garcetti talks to us like we're like we're kindergartners. I don't like that. You know, Newsom sounds like he's a robot, but whatever. That's just who they are. You know what? They're trying. You got to give it to them. They are trying. They're doing the best they can with whatever they have to work with. Um, they're 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 resourcing. You know, and they're going. They're they're doing. They're doing the best they can with what they have. And I salute them. Like I said, I, I said earlier in the show, I salute all the first responders out there that are 
putting themselves in harm way, harm's way of doing the Lord's work. Um, so, you know, God bless them and, and everybody. And all 12 of your listeners, God bless you. Well, well said. We hope if we can add a, a listener uh, every week or month or whatever, then then uh, we'll be off to a good start. Thanks for being here, Bill. Uh, I I would love to have you back. Love to have you maybe on uh, on weekly or biweekly or I'm something if you're I interested in that. Do, Matt. I mean, uh, you know, I, I've got you know CNN uh, called. They wanted me to do a a couple interviews with them, and I I, I shut <laughs> them down because I said no, I can't. Matt Hershima on um you know podcast 101's calling me this afternoon and i, I gave him first dibs. you got a better and offer i'm sure you know uh, uh all the folks at fox news will be you know climbing up my ass to want to interview me but you know what you're first on the list matt anytime absolutely i'm, I'm happy to hear that and uh hopefully bill you bring credibility to the to this show and uh, for for those listening, you know, we hope we brought a few laughs. And Bill's been telling me to add some spice to this thing, so I thought, what better way to than to bring him on and just let him go, just just twi- twist him up and and let him as, as, let him as take my off. My good friend Don King once said, "Only in America." <laughs> oh, this may be checked as is our, our favorite podcast. Well, Bill, thanks for being here. Uh, to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will uh, be back with you on. Uh, Friday. This will be our, our podcast for tomorrow, Thursday, April 2nd. Now, correct me. Now, but, Matt, you used to do uh, again, this show uh, at noontime, correct? Noon? I usually do it around noon, maybe in the late morning or I just sure afternoon and sure get it posted up. Me into prime time. You know, all the folks back east that are driving home listening to this, you know, I, I, I'm glad we were able to entertain them. <laughs> um, you know, a little prime time, prime Absolutely. time uh, broadcasting is always good, and I appreciate you put me in that time slot <laughs> only only the best okay. for the best my friend thank you for uh we'll do this again and, and hopefully it'll take us much shorter time to connect on the on the uh recording call than uh yeah than i was ready this i time, was ready to so. call um you know the folks at uh, mit to come out and help me because it was a little bit uh, challenging <laughs> we made it we got it we did it all right okay, we'll do it again up. soon bill You got it. All right, guys, and everyone listening, uh, thanks again. And whether you're out on the town or around in third base, please remember to get home safe.